At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Wednesday show for you. Jeff Parles, a VEASAN host, producer, big Mets fan, will join us to talk about the Mets, who just won two out of three versus Atlanta. We're recording right after the game. Uh, that's why we're recording a little later today. Just such a big game uh, and such a big win for the Mets. So I wanted to give you some reaction. Uh, we'll get to the Yankees, who. Boy, what a brutal loss that was last night to Cincy. They are in action tonight. Minus 340 at Bet Rivers. Total is eight. I'll have a play on that game, at least in terms of the money line. I'll find something to parlay with parlay that with. Uh, and we'll get to Mitchell, obviously, in the circumstance with the Knicks. But uh, the Mets are the story. Just a great job to get two out of three here. You know, considering all the guys you're missing, McNeil and Marte and the catcher's hurt. Uh, DeGrom's not back yet. Scherzer pitching game one, but after that, the pitching matchups were not favorable for the Mets. And obviously Scherzer comes out Monday night, does a great job, brilliant performance. They win that game, get to Freed, bunch of base runners. Uh, lose the game last night. You know, they were up one nothing. Looked like they were going to beat Strider. They had a bunch of base runners. They got his pitch count way up. Uh, Peterson gets squeezed on a strike three to Swanson, ends up walking him. Next batter's a two-run homer, uh, and the Braves pull away. But tonight, the, uh, today, the Mets... Answer back, Lindor with a big three-run homer. A lot of contact off Morton. You know, Bassett's been pretty good for the Mets. Really good these last three or four starts. Been a little rocky in between. You know, he started off good. His last three or four have been good. He, he was rough in between. But a good performance from Bassett. And look, that's that's why you get guys like Bassett. That's why you get guys like Scherzer for games like this where you come in and look, as long as he didn't get swept here, I think it was a good series. One out of three left you still in first place. Considering the pitching matchups, you're on the road, the injuries, one out of three would have been okay. 
Uh, two out of three is a rousing success here for the Mets, who, uh, let's face it, they continue to show a lot of backbone. They really do, whether it's rallying back in games, that Philly game that Thursday night where they were down big and came back and won. Uh, there was, you know, just a bunch of games. The Brewers on that Thursday night like a month ago where they were down 4-1 and Atlanta looked like they were going to close the division lead even tighter. They came back and rallied that. And they've just, they've hit you with a bunch of counter punches here. Atlanta's just come on really hard, played. I mean, you can't play better than Atlanta. When you play 850 baseball in major leagues, uh, it's hard to maintain pace with a team like that it's hard to fend them off but the Mets have done a great job and uh, there's a new vibe with this Mets team I've talked about it ever since that Thanksgiving weekend where they signed Scherzer and they signed Escobar and Canna and they were aggressive in free agency Marte there's been a new attitude there's been a confidence a swagger I think Scherzer brings a presence to the team both on the field off the field and uh, this Mets team is for real now minus 140 at Bet Rivers to win the division we told you when they were plus 175, plus 200, not to keep rehashing. But uh, if you listen to the show every day, you got good prices on the Mets. When the Braves got up around plus 350, plus 400, I said, you know what? Maybe not the worst idea to sprinkle a little on Atlanta to cover yourself. Uh, if you had nothing, if you bet, let's just say you have no bets on the NL East. I think the Mets here at minus 140 with a three-game lead is a pretty good bet. Uh, as the Mets, this was a big series. Now, look, the, the Braves turn around. They got four games against the Nationals. There's still a million games head-to-head -head between the Braves and the Mets, a five-game series in August, a four-game series in August. You know, there's a three-week, two-and-a-half, three-week stretch where they play nine times. They play three times the end of September, early October. So uh, this is not over by a long stretch, but three in the lost column is a nice feeling. It's a nice counterpunch. The Braves, like I said, get the Nats for four, but the Mets get the Cubs for four. So figure you at least get a split. You hope for three or four. Well, you hope for four or four, but I think three or four is realistic. Two or two, two of four is uh, the baseline. I, I'd be shocked if they lost three or four. I would expect them to win two or three this weekend and go into the All-Star break with around a three-game lead, which is, uh, is a hell of an accomplishment considering all the injuries with Scherzer, with DeGrom. Nice job by the Mets. They win today. They win two out of three. So they are in good shape here in the NL East. The AL East, well, it's not tightening up, but that was a brutal loss by the Yankees last night, who have been so good all year. But we've talked about the flaws and, uh, you know, the holes in the lineup. Last night, it wasn't about the holes in the lineup. They were fine. Cole pitched a great game. They're up 3 nothing. Holmes, who you can't even get the ball out of the infield against. You can't be better than Holmes has been. He comes in. He hits guys. He's giving up base hits, walks, and... Uh, at 3-2, bases loaded, nobody out. They actually pull home, was bringing Peralta, and it looks like he's going to get out of it. He gets the first guy, the second guy, without allowing the tying run. And then he's 0-2 on the third guy, India, and he leaves the ball up, a changeup up, a base hit. 4-3 Reds, Yankees go down quietly in the ninth, and the Reds steal a game. Boy, I was trying to find what the live line on what was on this at Bet Rivers. The Reds had to have been 70-1, to 80-1, I mean, maybe 80-1 to 1 strong, but when you're down 3-0... And they were a big favorite going in. I mean, they were almost a 3-1 three, three to one underdog going in, the Yankees. Uh, the Reds were. The Yankees were minus 340 last night with Cole on the mound. At home, best team against the worst team. I mean, you're going to be a huge favorite. And then you're up 3-0 in the ninth with three outs to play with. And Holmes, who's been as, you know better than anyone else uh, on the mound. That's just a stunning loss, a stunning comeback, a frustrating loss. Takes some of the sting out of it when you're up a million games, but... You don't want to be in a situation here where you give away, you cough up that one seed in a potential ALCS. You're on the road um, against the Astros. So tough loss. I would expect the Yankees to bounce back tonight. As far as a play tonight, if you parlay the Yankees, who are minus 340 here, 
with the Rays who are pitching McClanahan against the Red Sox, you have about an even money wager, 100 to win 100. So uh, a Yankees-Rays parlay is the play. So uh, I would expect the Yankees to stem this losing streak, nip it in the bud, not let it get to four. I think they win tonight, get the bats going. Uh, should be a pretty good matchup for the Yankees tonight. Still stunning just the way they lost that game last night. Uh, but they move on and play the Reds again tonight. Got a chance to you know win tonight, win tomorrow, win that series. And at this stage, if you're the Yankees, you just keep winning series, which they've done a good job of. You're in good shape. Even when you split four gamers, win two out of three, uh, it's going to be hard for anyone. In the East, obviously, to, to even threaten the Yankees, that's long, long over with in, as far as the division. But... You don't want to get too sloppy here and keep giving away these games. You know, they gave away – not only did they lose these last three games, they, they pretty much gave away all three when you think about it. I mean, Saturday night they had two different two-run leads. Sunday night they're up 6-2. to two, And then last night, uh, the worst of all of them. So look for the Yankees to bounce back tonight. I think they'll win. I would parlay them with Rays, with McClanahan going against Boston, whose pitching is a mess now, Winkowski going for the Red Sox. Uh, before we get to Jeff Parles, it was uh, announced yesterday, Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz, they'd be open to a trade, which is not a surprise. They trade Gobert, you might as well trade you know, Mitchell and tear it all down. Of course, the Knicks uh, are the team, I wouldn't say most likely to trade for him, but that's the team everybody thinks of, you know, because they have the assets. Mitchell's from New York. I grew up a Mets fan. I know there's some tie with him in New York, so he's from this area. Uh, it's a tough one. It really is a tough one. I, I know he's a really good player. And everything is price sensitive. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I would not sell the farm for this guy. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a great player. I don't think he gives great effort defensively. And I just think if you trade for him, it becomes a Carmelo Anthony situation where, all right, let's put this guy, that guy, and that guy. Let's go all in and get him. But what are you left with? This isn't LeBron or Curry. Not saying because he's not LeBron or Curry, you don't trade for him. But boy, to, to give up four or five good assets to unload all your picks... I would prefer if I'm the Knicks to just let this thing grow organically. You got some nice pieces. Let's see what they develop into. I think it's been the Knicks' nature here where they just chase every shiny toy, sell everything for the superstar. And, you know, you could debate whether Mitchell's a superstar or not. He's obviously a good player, an all star. But I would tend towards not going all in for him. You probably have to give up Barrett. And if you don't have to give up Barrett, you're really going to have to give up, you know, every pick. Ainge drives a hard bargain. So I would be very cautious here if I'm the Knicks about selling the farm to go in for Mitchell. I guess the flip side of that would be, well, once you get Mitchell, he can attract other stars, and then you can kind of build yourself up into a scenario where you're a legitimate competitor. Again, I could be talked into getting going for Mitchell here, but my initial lean here without seeing the, the deals, the proposed deals, would be to hold off, and if I can't get him at the right price, I would stay away from Mitchell. I would not sell the farm. I don't think he puts you over the top or even in the conversation. So I would continue to build through the draft, let this thing grow organically, and not chase the new shiny object here if I'm the Knicks. So we'll see what happens with that. The Durant story is still status quo. Nothing really new there. I've been adamant. I think he stays with the Nets. I think that's looking more and more likely. Again, one one day, one tweet can change all of that. But as of now, I think Durant um, is a net. Nets still 28 to one at Bet Rivers to win the title. Knicks 150 to one to win the title. Not so sure about that, but. Uh, that's the NBA. We will talk to Jeff Parles next about his Mets. We'll get his thoughts on Mitchell, Durant, a lot more uh, in terms of futures markets, awards, all of that. So that is next. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook. 
BetRivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbooks. Let's talk a little Mets, and I have to admit there is some dedication uh, owed to our next guest because Jeff Parles, who is a VEASAN host, VEASAN producer, Mets fan, setting up when to do this right after the Mets game. I said, you know what? It's a blowout. Let's do a little bit early. Jeff responds promptly and said, five minutes after the first pitch is just fine with me. Jeff, what's up, man? Got to be feeling uh, pretty good here. Yeah, we got to make sure that the game ends first. And we don't jinx anything. And then as soon as the game ends, and here we are, legitimately, five minutes after Tommy Hunter uh, ended the game, of all people, uh, for, for the Mets, uh, uh, we're here. And, and, and Will, I, I will say I feel very good about what we saw over the last three days just outside of Atlanta uh, with the Mets without Starling Marte for any of the games, without Jeff McNeil. So that's two of your all-stars, not in the lineup. Luis Guillaume batting cleanup today. And you take two out of three in Atlanta with arguably the Braves' three best pitchers going in this series. I know people will yell at me and say, Kyle Wright's better than Morton. All right, fine. But Charlie I Morton, we know I, what no, Char- I, Yeah, I would take Morton over Wright in a big game a million times. A hundred percent. We know what Charlie Morton is, and he has torched the Mets over the years. And for the Mets to win two out of three, but really without three All-Stars, because DeGrom wasn't, hasn't pitched a, a game, as we know, this year, uh, even though he'll go in Syracuse tomorrow night. Uh, but this this was – a confirmation bias can be a dangerous thing, Will. But what I've been saying about Atlanta during this ridiculous hot streak, uh, I kind of feel better about what I was saying about them after watching them these three games. Nice counterpunch. I'll put it that way. Now, it's back to three yes. in the loss column. Now, it, it's not all perfect because Atlanta now uh, turns around and plays it, uh, the Nationals for four. Yeah. Have we checked the schedule? Are we sure that the Braves don't play the Nationals 72 times this year? It seems like they play the Nationals three times a week. Are we sure it's only, what, 18 or 19? It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it's it, just the way that the schedule is. And also, too, like, the more more games that you get, uh, more games that you get uh, against them early, you won't have the buy games later in the year which is essentially what the Nationals games are going to be in the NL East this year, Will. So, I look, I, this I really did think part of Atlanta's hot streak, they're very, they're very good, there's no arguing that, but I thought part of their hot streak was that they caught teams at the right time. They caught the Cardinals when the Cardinals were flailing. That's why they took three out of four from them last week. They caught Philly right after Harper got hurt. They took two out of three in that series. Uh, they, anytime you catch the crappy teams in the National League, it's a great time to catch them this year. Uh, and, and during this run that Atlanta's on, if well, this is not their third series loss since the beginning of this wild run they've been on, they lost two out of three to the Cubs, which really didn't make sense because the Braves are on a huge winning streak. The Cubs are on a huge losing streak. Baseball, baseball there. But the two series against the two best teams in the NL in front of them they lost two out of three to the Dodgers and really did not play well in that three-game series. And in this, I, I think this was a very impressive showing by the Mets where they have not been playing particularly well, especially with their bullpen struggling and their offense at times flailing over the last few weeks. 
it was a very important get right counterpunch series, as you said, for the Mets. And Max Scherzer delivered on Monday. Chris Bassett delivered on Wednesday. That's why you get those guys. And those two guys were great in their two starts this week. And again, I feel pretty good. I know it's only, it's not a big lead by any stretch of two and a half games, but the Mets take care of business in Chicago. You're going to be probably three games up heading to the second half. And that's with DeGrom throwing zero pitches. That's a perfectly good spot to be. Yeah, three in the loss is not nothing. And look, there was a scenario where I was doing the show before Monday. It was Sunday night. I was like, you know what? I've been high on the Mets, but to be fair, there's a scenario here where if the Mets don't win tonight, meaning Monday, mm -hmm. the matchups aren't favorable Tuesday, Wednesday. There's a scenario here where you get swept and you go into the All-Star break in second place. Uh, I guess if I gave you truth serum before the game on Monday and I said, you're going to lose two out of three, but you do win one, would you have taken that? Yeah, I would have. I would have. Yeah. Just you had to leave there in first place. You have to. You had to leave there in first place. If you lost two out of three, you would have been there in first place. You win the game on Thursday in Chicago. You're back up again. You can go from there. I, I would have been unhappy, but it would have been one of those where it's like, all right, you face Freed, you face Strider. Who I thought the Mets actually did a pretty reasonable job of against Strider. Good game plan. Get a really good game. Got him plan. out of the game early. Uh, Atlanta's bullpen just those top guys are really good out of that bullpen. And then today, against Morden, the Mets usually struggle against Charlie Morden. And uh, they hit a bunch of very hard-hit long homers. So, I, look, I, I thought the, this was a very impressive counterpunch, like you said, Will. To go on the road when you're not playing your best against a team that is playing their best and win two out of three in their ballpark, it, it, it's, the, it's the type of fortitude that the Mets have not had a lot of in their history, period, and, and and especially not since 2016 was the last time we saw a Met team with any sort of fortitude. Uh, this looked a lot like the 2015 team in the second half, where if they needed to win a big game in the second half in 2015, they won. And you had confidence they were going to win that game. That's kind of like it felt like after Escobar homered in this game today, it's like, all right, you got the lead. Bassett did look a little shaky in that first inning, got through it. Uh, and look, they're just a good baseball team. Well, I think there are a lot of people who, who uh, got out in front of their skis with a few things on Twitter this week, like people calling the Mets lucky. Sure. If you're going to win a lot of games in this baseball season, you're going to have some luck every once in a while. That's just the way it breaks. And also, too, just again, there's no reason to panic when you have a really good team like the Mets are. They're going to win. They're going to win games. They're going to go through lulls because baseball season isn't terminable. So I think they're in. I think as long as you go to the All Star break now, Will, as long as you don't get swept in Chicago, which I just don't see happening. They won't. No, they yeah, won't. They, they won't. They, they could split two, uh, two and two with the Cubs, and they still be in first place going into the All Star break if you split two and two. And again, Jacob Degrom's throwing zero pitches. We expect him to pitch either in that Padre series or against the Yankees out of the break. They're in pretty damn good shape, regardless any way you slice it. I think people just got a little or a little bit panicky because of the franchise's history and because we saw a big lead chop from 10 and a half to two and a half. But again, I think that more had to do that the Braves are just playing so far ahead of their heads than the Mets playing poorly. The Mets are still 21 and 17 in this 38 game stretch where Atlanta's gone nuclear. Yeah, and I think you hit on a couple things. The Mets, they've, they've shown resilience, whether that's within a game, you know, rallying back within a game or uh, a game they need to win. They've really shown a lot of backbone. And, 
you know, when people say the sky is falling with the Mets and people calling them lucky, a lot of it's their own fans. It's a self-loathing, you know, they're more yeah. comfortable. They're more comfortable in media with mediocrity than they are with success. Success can be hard to deal with sometimes. I think it's Met fans themselves that, uh, that have a hard time with this. And it's definitely a different team, whether it's Buck, new ownership, there's definitely a different vibe to this Mets team really dating back to Thanksgiving. I felt a different yeah. vibe signing Scherzer, signing all those guys. It's felt different since. I, I think Scherzer is and Andy Martino wrote a piece on this on SNY.com earlier in the week. And he wrote that even though he's only made 10 starts, Max Scherzer is the most impactful free agent the Mets have ever signed. And going through it, well, a lot of the guys that the Mets have gotten through their franchise's history, they either drafted, they got when they came into the league in 62, obviously getting Seaver early in their existence. Um, trades, the Mike Piazza trade obviously comes to mind, the Keith Hernandez trade. And the Gary Carter trade are probably the three biggest trades in franchise history to the positive side. Other than Carlos Beltran, it probably is Max Scherzer right now. And if, and I think the one thing is uh, my, my dad made this point to me when we were talking uh, earlier today that the Mets have gotten a lot of good pitching performances out of guys that you wouldn't anticipate in the rotation. They did, even though Peterson lost yesterday, Peterson pitched great yesterday. He pitched well enough to win that game. Trevor Williams has pitched well since he's gone in the rotation. And I'm really starting to think, because like, oh, maybe Jeremy Hefner is better than we think, which is probably true. I think Hefner is a pretty reasonable pitching coach. But we can't underestimate how big of an impact Scherzer just had on that locker room as a whole. Winning is expected now. No more of the rinky-dink crap that we saw for years and years. You, this team has to make the playoffs, not only make the playoffs, has to win the division and win a playoff series at a bare minimum with the roster that they have. So Scherzer helps that. Scherzer helps that mentality be in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with all that. And I think he symbolizes, too, a, a kind of a new day, a new era for the Mets yeah. where, you know, there's a toughness. They didn't used to get guys like Scherzer. They would flirt with them. They would come in second, whether that's, you know, A-Rod back in 2000 or whatever. Uh, they wouldn't get guys like that. But uh, I totally agree with everything. Um, who do you want at the trade deadline? The bullpen's the biggest thing. They, they really... More than a the, bat? Yeah, I think so, because because Diaz has been so outrageously good, striking out over two two guys in inning right Same. now, which is just absurd. The guy the guys leading up to him, Lugo, I don't know what's happened to Lugo. Lugo's a gas can right now. Ottavino scares me because the way he pitches, he's gonna give up a lot of home runs because that slider is so apt to be hung. And we've seen that with Adovino. When he's been good, he's been almost unhittable. When he's been bad, it's got to be really bad because the slider's not moving. You can't go to you can't go to war in the playoffs with Joel Rodriguez as your only left-handed reliever. That can't happen. Uh, but they really need to fortify that bullpen depth. You could make the argument that Colin Holderman has been the second-best reliever for them this year. There's an argument to be had on that. You can't go forward with that. So I think even more than the bad, and look, they really do need a DH type. Because they can't go with J.D. Davis, who strikes out. I know he was first in, in hard hit rate for a while. But, look, when you barely make contact, how much of a use is a hard hit rate of that of that uh, magnitude? Dom is a defensive replacement and a pitch hitter. He's not an everyday player. Uh, you do need a bat. But I really do think if you're serious about winning a championship this year, that back end of the bullpen really needs to be fortified with how good your starters are if you get a real setup guy in the eighth, you could even put McGill back there to pitch the seventh when he comes back. 
uh, in September from his shoulder injury. But you really need a bunch of guys that fortify the bridge to Edwin Diaz. I think that's the most important thing. And then hitter-wise, I think they'll end up with Nelson Cruz. That just makes too much sense. Where he's a big bopper, it won't take a lot to get him. I know it's an in-division trade, but that makes a lot of sense that Nelson Cruz would would finally return to being a Met after all these years, Will. Yeah, and it's funny. You look around uh, the landscape. There's just not that many teams that are out of it. You know, 20, well, I think Baltimore's 21. hot streak really has hurt this, by the way, Will. Because yeah, Baltimore, just... was the, Baltimore was the team that you could have looked at and said, you know what, we can get Trey Mancini, who would be a big upgrade what the, over what the Mets have right now. But if Baltimore stays in this, if you're the Orioles, why would you sell? You actually have this pretty well set up where, again, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but you're all of a sudden a real threat next year in 2023 if you keep this team together. I think Baltimore getting back someone in the race kind of hurts a lot of these teams that needed a bat because there were a bunch of guys that could have been traded for that I just don't think will be moved now if the Orioles stay in it the next two, three weeks. Yeah, Jorge Lopez, another guy. He would have really other helped guy, a lot yes. of teams. He's been unbelievable. Their bullpen's actually much improved, which is just disaster last year. It's actually pretty good. I would go the other way. It's easy to get drunk off this run here if you're the Orioles. But remember, 2019, the Giants went on a crazy run, mm -hmm. and they kept Bumgarner. They kept, I think it was Will Smith. They had three or four really hot commodities, but they went on a crazy winning streak. They kept, they went for it, and as soon as the trade deadline came and went, they kind of cooled off, and it's like, mm -hmm. all right, we didn't really get anything for these guys. It, You know... If you're Baltimore, better days are ahead. I understand you don't want to slap your fans in the face like that, but you got to balance. All right, let's be realistic versus, you know, what's the best for our future. So I don't really know. I, look, I, as a fan, I kind of want them to go for it. But on the other hand, I understand if you're going to, you know, sell off a guy here and there, still compete, I agree. but do what's best for your future. Yeah, I, look, I, I I agree with you. The only thing is, I, I would say with Baltimore, I think Lopez would be the one guy, like if you traded him, that's, you have to cash out why why to see it while the price is high on him, because this seems like a one off for him, where he's actually in a, an elite reliever for one year and then he goes back to what he was before. That's why, like with Mancini, like that's a guy that can help you long term. Uh, I know they have to pay a whole bunch of these young guys as they go through. They have Mountcastle, uh, Rutschman's obviously there now, Mullins, uh, but look, I, I think Mancini's probably the one guy who you could have pinpointed saying he's the guy you want to get at the trade deadline who we know is going to be available because he's a good piece, but he's not one of the young, young guys like these other guys that you can't miss. But we'll see. And we'll see. Again, it's the Orioles, uh, <laughs> pretty amazing, Will. They're going to, they're going to, at this pace, they're going to smash their win total by the beginning of August. Yeah, totally agree with you. A couple quick ones in, in the other sports book before we get you out of here. But quickly, yeah. uh, the Mets in terms of the division. If you had nothing in pocket, I know you got a really good price. I was telling people when it was 2-1, to one, plus 175, bet the Mets. When the Braves got to plus 350, 400, I was like, you know what? Might not be a time to sell off a little bit, take some Atlanta. If you had nothing in pocket here, would you dip your toe on the Mets here at a cheaper price? Minus 140 here to win the division? Oh, that's actually pretty good. Right? <laughs> um, that's pretty good. I, I They're slow sometimes, the divisions, because it's every day and they change every day. Sometimes you can catch them where you get like a little bit of a stale line where a team gets hot for two or three days. They don't update it every day, and you can actually catch some good prices here with these yeah, division that, bets. Yeah, that, that's uh, one, minus 140 is pretty good, Will. Uh, I would strongly consider that. I, again, I really, I really do think that after, and again, it's 162 games. The Mets and Braves have still have a bunch of games left. They have a five-game series at the beginning of August in Flushing. 
and then the Mets have to go to Atlanta twice after that to wrap up their season series. Uh, but I, Will, I really do think the Mets are the better baseball team as a whole. And the way that they match up with Atlanta head-to-head, kind of saw it in this series. The Braves only scored runs via the home run. Yeah. And we saw today, if you give them solo homers and your offense is alive, like the Mets offense was today, you're going to beat this team. So I think the Mets matchup, well, I think minus 140, that's pretty darn good at this rate, especially if they win tomorrow. They're three games clear. Yeah, and they had Swanson struck out last night. He ends up walking, and then they give yeah. up the home run. So that was a tough one. Uh, quickly, before we get you out of here, what team is Kevin Durant on? Let's say Christmas. So there's no cop-outs. And, and I've heard people say, you know what, they'll start the year with them, then trade them. That doesn't make much sense to me. So I'll say Christmas. What team is Kevin Durant on on Christmas? Wow, on Christmas. I wish you had asked me on Halloween because that would be a little bit, a little bit, uh, potentially a different answer here. Because you think so? Yeah, I, you know what the thing is, Will. I know that if he starts the year with the Nets, that it could be a total disaster, uh, just PR wise, and give an unhappy superstar. But if you're the Nets, like you have to get the trade package back right, and Miami does not offer you that especially with Bam being unable to be dealt in the deal. And let's face it, they're not going to trade Jimmy Butler in this deal to get Kevin Durant back, which if you somehow got Jimmy Butler out of Miami, if you're the Nets, you call the the, the offices in Manhattan immediately and say, hey, we will take this from Miami uh, with Jimmy Butler coming back. I think when it's all said and done on Christmas, Kevin Durant is a Phoenix son. I think that he will end up getting what he wants. But I am not certain on what the other teams in that deal, because I think it will take three or four teams for Brooklyn to get back what they're supposed to for KD. But I think Durant ends up getting what he what he wants, and he ends up in Phoenix. And I will be very interested to see how that works with him and Chris Paul together, and Book for that matter. I am curious to see how those three guys mesh, because I'm not so certain that is an automatic mesh there, Will. And if you're giving up Bridges in the deal, and look, if I'm the Nets, I, I need Aiden, I need Bridges, I need every pick, and I'm still, look, if I'm the Nets, maybe I'm crazy here, but I, that's still not enough for me. That's a reasonable package. It isn't package. for me, Will. No, I mean, come on. And some of these deals, if like, that's why I've been adamant they're going to keep them. Some of these deals maybe will include Scotty Barnes, maybe we won't. You know, uh, Ingram, I guess, I, we'll have to think about it. Like, at some point, it's Kevin Durant. This is a superstar league. Uh, you need one of the two or three best players in the league. He's one of the 10 or 12 best players of all time. You know, maybe I'll include Scotty Barnes. At that point, it's like fantasy football. You know, you got Mahomes and somebody's offering, you know, fields, and maybe I'll throw in Cousins or something. It's like, at some point, I'm going to hang up the phone. I got the guy under contract for four years, and I'm just going to play the game. If he wants to be mad, he can be mad, but I'm not going to do just a stupid deal here. The, the, the New Orleans one is still the interesting one, and it was a lot more interesting before Zion locked in the rookie deal, Yeah, because that would have made a lot of sense for everybody. Where the Pelicans get the bona fide superstar that we know, and the Nets get this potential superstar lottery ticket that you know if he's great, New York will love him and someone who wanted to be in New York to begin with. But since that's not on the table, it's a lot more complex with New Orleans. I actually think the right package around Brandon Ingram would actually be fine. Well, I think that would be fine. If he is the centerpiece and you get that New Orleans, a ton of first round picks over the next few drafts, you get four number ones, Ingram, and then you just have to figure out what the other pieces are. You need to get those other pieces right around him. But I think Brandon Ingram has the potential to be, I, I, I somebody lambaste me for this, 
Brandon Ingram could be better than Jason Tatum very quickly. And I don't think that's insane to think that. I think Ingram can do as much as Tatum does on the offensive end. And it's not like Tatum's this defensive stalwart. He's just in a great he's just in a great defensive system. So I don't think it's insane that you could see Ingram bud into a legitimate top ten guy in this league pretty quickly. Could happen in New Orleans. And if you're the Nets and that's your best offer, that's one that if it's like, all right. That might be good enough, especially if Ingram blossoms like I think he can. Yeah, I, I need an all-star. So, like, I don't think Aiton and Bridges have made an all-star team. I know Bridges hasn't. I don't think Aiton has either. So, no, I, like, I need an not. all-star at some point. Like, an all-star is our starting point. A bunch of picks. But the problem with the picks, if I trade you Durant, those picks aren't valuable. And if right. I'm Marks, my name is on this trade, okay? Like, I, I set up Houston forever. It's like Bobby Marks. You're going to be talking about that trade forever with Garnett and Pierce and everything he gave up. If I don't... You know, if I don't reset my franchise properly here, I'm never getting a job again. I, I'm a, you know, a, kind of a black sheep here in the industry yeah. where, you know, maybe you get a TV job, but you're not going to, you're going to be infamous if you don't get this right. So I think it's very tricky. And I think the Gobert thing really put a wrench into everything. Yes. Where Gobert just, I, I still don't understand that trade. It just made it so difficult to get fair value for Durant, especially compared to what Gobert fetched. It was a trade that, Totally, you're 100% right. Completely screwed up the Durant market. And it's a trade that I, I said it that I said it on primetime action, I'm pretty sure. I hated that trade for Minnesota. Because, oh. if for, okay, you want to be the four seed in the Western Conference? Right. That's what you're doing by this. Like, you're not winning a championship with those two guys in the front court. They, I don't know. 30. I know you, you, you push, you're basically pushing Towns fully to being a guard at this point. And Carl Anthony Towns, even though he had a great shooting year this year, I think part of that was because he had the dynamic to go in. You kind of eliminate that with having Gobert on the court with you. And Anthony Edwards is at his best going to the rack. You got a guy who's going to clog the lane. It was such a bizarre deal by Minnesota. It was almost like Tim Connolly, who left Denver uh, to take the Minnesota job, had been really just cut off at the knees with the amount of money that Denver was allowing him to spend and the assets he was willing to trade. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a big splash. And this was the splash he made. I don't think it's going to work long-term in Minnesota, Will. I really don't. I think they are like an underdog to even make a conference finals. Now, they'll have some good years. They'll be maybe – They'll win 55 games seat. a few times. They'll be like Utah. Yeah. But, I mean, what does that get you? You know, it's like – if you told an Olympic athlete, hey, you take this pill and there's a 50-50 chance it takes 10 years off your life, but 50-50 chance you win gold, a lot of people take it. But you're doing the same thing. But, you know, the 50-50 upside here is you come in fifth or sixth. There's not even the upside. Like, no. he's 30. He's on a bad contract. It's, it's such a strange trade. And who were you competing against? Like, what? how did that negotiation go where you had to throw in everything there? It's just, it just That was bizarre. 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 I, Dallas was... The only team that was in the mix that I thought actually would take the big boost if they got Gobert would be Dallas. He yeah. makes sense there. But other than there, it doesn't really make sense. And now, of course, Will, I mean, now now we got Donovan Mitchell rumors going like crazy where, I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm the Knicks, if I'm Miami, I'm not doing it because I don't – I think you actually might be better off as a whole. And I think a guy like that could really screw up the way the offense looks there. If I'm the Knicks, what the hell at this point? I don't have a problem giving up assets for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, give yourself a guy that the city will latch on to. The problem is I don't think you're winning anything with, of significance with him as your best player. That's the big issue with Donovan Mitchell. You would really be hoping in that scenario that R.J. Barrett blossoms into a star that we, we've seen glimpses of 
but hasn't been consistent. Could you get – that was my last question. Could you get Mitchell without Barrett? I think he could. I think he could. I think it just would amount – it would amount to how disillusioned is the Utah front office with Donovan Mitchell as a number one player. I think that's what it would come down to, Will. But I think I think that Utah's got the right idea here. Hey, let's let's tank for the French guy, Wemayama. We're locked yes. in here to a fifth or a sixth. There's no if we're gonna sell off and be, go from fifth or sixth to ninth or tenth, might as well go all the way. No point in being tenth or eleventh. Might as well just be sixteenth. So I get it from Utah. Yeah. It's just Ainge drives a hard bargain. Knicks, are you gonna give up six, seven picks? You know, quickly Grimes all these guys and then go all in for Mitchell. That's tricky. It's a little. I've compared it to the Carmelo Anthony deal where it's like, all right, you go all in for Carmelo Anthony, but what are you left with after that? I guess the other side of it would be, hey, he's a magnet and he'll help you draw another star. It's a tough one. It's, it, 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 is, it is an interesting debate. I think if you're the Knicks and you don't have to give up R.J. Barrett, you take a shot. I don't have a problem with it. Again, I don't think you're winning anything with him as your number one guy. You would be hoping that another star would come want to play with him. And again, I know I kind of, it's kind of contradictory to what I said with Miami, but I I don't think him and Jimmy Butler would work well together. I don't think that's a good mix. Jeff, appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the time. Uh, are you hosting anything this weekend? Uh, what am I hosting this weekend? Betting Across America on Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern with Wes Reynolds. So we will have a full recap of whoever the Open Champion Golfer of the Year is, Will. Sam Burns. That's who you're on? That's who's gonna win, yeah. Okay, I got I got Burns top thirty, so that's uh, got him in a one. One is top thirty. I just checked. I just did the math. One is top thirty, so one would work for both of us. Yeah, yeah. One is top thirty. That would be good uh, for me. For me, and I will say, I know uh, we're we're getting off here. This golf tournament, I have zero outrights. All derivative this week for me. Will. Oh, you are no fun at parties, Mike. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Appreciate you coming on. Congrats on the two out of three. We'll uh, we'll catch up here down the road. Hey, we got next week. Will the biggest event for Pete Alonso the home run derby? A lot, a lot yeah, of good going stuff for the three down, Pete, down right? Going for the three Pete. And Do we have Bill, a finalized card. Uh, no, not yet. And I will also be going for the three Pete and betting on Alonzo in that wow. event. So we'll be going for that as well. I think the only derby I ever won, I had Cespedes that year in 2013, where he won it at City Field. Yep. He was he was on fire. It was like Michael Jordan hitting free throws, just one after another, upper deck after upper deck. And a couple years later, he was uh, he was on the Mets. Jeff, he, he was hitting balls out of the park in real games. But yeah, well, as always, man, thanks for having me. All right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jeff Parles. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more baseball, more NBA. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. We would appreciate any sort of uh, reviews, whether it's on Apple or on Spotify. So thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the New York City cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.